Hi, I'm Craig. And I'm Linda. And this is the Indie Travel Podcast at IndieTravelPodcast.com. This is episode 313, and we're talking about how to celebrate the holidays away from home. Yeah, Merry Christmas, uh, Happy Festivus, Happy New Year. I don't know when you're listening or what you celebrate, but I hope you're having a great end of the year and a start of 2016. We're recording this on Christmas Eve, so we'll get this out to you either today or as a Christmas present for tomorrow, the 25th. If you do have a new Christmas present that involves a a phone, a tablet, or a computer, be sure to subscribe to the Indie Travel Podcast again. Uh, You can find us on iTunes at IndieTravelPodcast.com slash iTunes, or look us up on pretty much any podcasting app. Yeah, and make sure you get in touch with us over the Christmas time as well. Send us a message on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. You can find us at Indie Travel. Well, we're coming to you from San Miguel de Allende in Mexico, and we've been enjoying all of the different Christmas processions and Christmas carols and Christmas things that have been going on here. Yeah, since leaving Cuba, we've spent time in a couple of Mexican cities and now here in San Miguel, which is a small town surrounded by hills and with a really huge expat factor. Last week we were in Querétaro and we'd never actually heard of this Mexican city. It's got two million people. It's really big. We showed up basically because we were traveling from Monterrey to San Miguel and we found a blah blah car and he couldn't take us all the way to San Miguel. So he said, I'm going to Querétaro. And we said, okay, we'll go with you. Fine. And it turns out there were heaps of Christmas things going on there as well. There was a big Christmas tree in the main square. And there was a light show being projected onto the uh, the town hall, which was really cool. What I really liked about it was that kids could get a, a picture of the town hall and color it in. And then they'd project that coloring in onto the town hall itself, which was really fun. Yeah, it was neat. Querétaro for me was the perfect balance between a big city, two million people, and a small town relaxed feel. So it had all of the amenities that you'd want from a city, but also really chilled and relaxed. So I really enjoyed our time there before we moved on to here, San Miguel de Allende. So let's get on to talk about how to celebrate the holidays away from home. The end of the year can be a great time to travel, although it can be expensive depending on when you're traveling. So make sure to book in advance. And also, one travel hack is that if you want to travel cheaply, sometimes traveling on the holiday itself can be a good idea. Yeah, and because people don't want to be traveling on the holiday, it can also mean for very quick flow through airports and uh, stations. We really enjoy traveling at this time of year because we get to experience celebrations in different places around the world. But it's also a bit sad because for us, Christmas is for family and New Year's is for friends. And, well, our family and friends are mostly back home in New Zealand. We're back in New Zealand about one year every two or three. Yeah, we try and get back. Being from New Zealand, it's also summer. And since we travel for summer, it ties in nicely. I don't know what we'd do if uh, we were from Canada. I think we'd never see Christmas again. Oh, I don't know. I think we'd probably be back once every 10 years or so. Yeah, we go back every two or three years and we have a really good time with our friends and family. But quite often, we aren't at home, so what do we do? Well, we've got five tips for you about how to celebrate the holidays away from home. The first one is to escape completely, if you're of that that inclination. You can also find local celebrations where you are, create traditions that you can take with you, make friends, and just generally be in touch with the people that care most about you and you care most about at special times of the year. All right, so let's start off with number one, escape completely. In many parts of the world, Christmas is not celebrated. And if you don't want to celebrate Christmas, you don't want to celebrate New Year's, go there. Yeah, and I'm not talking about places uh, like Somalia, Brunei and Tajikistan, which have completely banned the public celebration of Christmas. They're probably not your top holiday picks. Well, if you want to go there, that's fine. 
but uh, we'd probably recommend other places. For example, last year we celebrated Christmas in Morocco, which is not your number one Christmas travel destination. No, there were enough uh, small touches of Christmas here and there for us to every now and again go, oh yeah, it's Christmas in two days. But there wasn't so much that we felt the overwhelming dread of Christmas that we often feel in New Zealand and Australia, where Christmas carols start playing in November and Christmas trees go up in public places. It's like, leave it for December, mid-December even. Yeah, I think about the 7th or 8th of December is a good time to start thinking about Christmas. But in so many parts of the world, you can't avoid it. Even in October, you're starting to be bombarded with Christmas messages. So our time in Morocco was actually quite great. We joined a, a desert tour, which was, I think, a three-day tour, and it covered Christmas Eve, Christmas Day, and the day after Christmas Day, Boxing Day. And it was just really nice. Yeah, we didn't realize those were the dates when we booked it. It was just whatever day it was. You know, we want to take off on Wednesday and get back on Saturday, or whatever uh, you know those dates were. But once we realized that we were going to be spending our Christmas Eve night in the, well, I was going to say in the middle of the Sahara Desert, but that would be an exaggeration. A couple of kilometers into the Sahara Desert, in a tent, with uh, people we don't know and sub-zero temperatures, that made it quite special. It was quite great. Actually, it was Christmas Day that we spent in the tent. We spent Christmas Eve in a really freezing hotel in the middle of nowhere. And uh, with very bad internet connections. And we're trying to call our family and friends because, of course, New Zealand is ahead in time. So we're sitting there Christmas Eve trying to make our Christmas calls. That was quite fun. (laughs) And then the next day, we had quite a long bus trip. And then we had to hop on camels. Quite three kingsy, I thought. I I put a photo on the the article for this podcast episode. And it looks a lot like the three kings because there are three camels in it. But uh, it didn't feel Christmassy at the time. And then we arrived in the tent and uh, we got given dinner and... We had neglected to purchase any wine, unfortunately. So we were there, Christmas Day, no wine. But we'd been seated at a table with a couple of Nicaraguans and a couple of Brazilians. So Spanish became the lingua franca, and the Brazilians very kindly shared their bottle of wine with us, which made it really special. From that time, we have a quick soundbite for you now. This is a camel complaining vociferously, as they want to do. And if you've been to see Star Wars The Force Awakens yet, you might recognize this little cameo as the basis for how the Wookiees sound. Perfect. Well, that was Christmas in Morocco. How about Cuba? Because we were just there and Christmas was beginning to make its presence felt. Yeah, we didn't really notice Christmas that much. And we asked people about it and they said, well, because it's socialist, it's kind of frowned upon to celebrate Christmas. But there were a couple of little touches. For example, in one restaurant, there were two Christmas stockings hang up just behind us. And uh, someone at the next table over asked for toothpicks. And the waitress went over, went into the stocking and pulled out a packet of toothpicks. It was hilarious. That's all that was in there, just toothpicks. Yeah, yeah. Well, if you're good in Cuba, that's what you get for Christmas. <laughs> so if you want to escape Christmas completely or in part, there's heaps of options for you. But make sure you tell your friends and family in advance that you're going to be hiding a bit. Turn off your phone, don't check your messages, and catch up with all of the Christmas craziness in a couple of days. Okay, let's move on to point number two. Find local celebrations. And I think this is my favorite thing to do when I'm traveling away at the end of the year. You can either do a search online for events near you or go into the info office or just ask locals what are happening. Yeah, I often find that English language blogs and websites anyway only have the kind of the big events 
and they're cool to go to, but it's all the little stuff, uh, like processions or something that's happening in the local community centre or church, little pop-up markets that occur. Stuff like that is what really kind of excites me. Some of it we run into by accident. Other stuff we find, yeah, just by talking with people, going in and kind of trying to get below the surface with the people at the information offices. I think my favorite Christmassy Christmas was a few years ago when we were in Jerez in the south of Spain. If you are into Christmas, this is the perfect place to go because they really get into it. All of the streets have amazing Christmas lights. It's quite warm because it's in the south of Spain. It's not very warm, but it's warm enough. They have nativity scene exhibitions all over the place. Most shops have a nativity scene. They call them Belenes. And there's also a nativity scene museum, which is really awesome. Yeah, I think that's open year-round now, and it's really quite cool. It's two stories of nativity scenes. Why say quite cool? I mean quite cool in a very geeky way. Well, but I find it interesting looking at the the images of Christmas and how things had changed over the last kind of 300 years. Yeah, when I first heard about nativity scenes, because they were never part of my childhood when I was growing up, I thought it would just be, you know, the manger and Mary and Jesus and Joseph. But the nativity scenes in Spain cover all sorts of different things. It might be the angel appearing to Mary, or it might be kids celebrating Christmas these days, like a modern scene. So it was really cool. And in Jerez, and I think in all of Andalusia, they have a special Christmas instrument, which is the Zambomba. Oh, it's awesome. The Zambomba is kind of a drum with a hide stretched over the top. But instead of beating on it like normal, they put a stick through a hole in the middle and by pulling up and down on the stick, they create this kind of, um, boom, kind boom, of boom. yeah, didgeridoo slash rhythm kind of sound. And, uh, yeah, that's pretty cool. So there's all these carols and arrangements that are set up to go with the Zambomba. Yeah, and people just basically sit around in circles and cafes or even outside because it's relatively warm. And people will start singing. Other people come along and join in. I remember we were sitting in an outdoor cafe one day and a group arrived and pulled out the Zambomba and started to sing this really lewd Christmas carol. It was shocking. And we were sitting there drinking Mosto, which is another Christmas tradition in Jerez. It's kind of a low alcohol wine. Very delicious. Mm, absolutely. I really think that uh, Central Europe has a lot going on at Christmas. We've spent several periods in, in Germany, Austria, the Czech Republic in uh, late December or for Christmas itself. And the Christmas markets, the Christmas festivities um, are just fantastic and a really cool thing just to get caught up. I don't like buying souvenirs or shopping for presents that much, but drinking a bit of Glühwein and uh, wandering around is really fun. Yeah, mulled wine is absolutely delicious. You can also get hot chocolate if you want the non-alcoholic option. Down in the southern hemisphere around uh, New Zealand, Australia, there's often outdoor carol singing events or kind of Christmas concerts. Like in Auckland, Christmas in the Park is something we'll go to in mid-December every year. Yeah, so there's heaps of things to do. Here in Mexico, one thing they do is a posada parade. So we came across one of these when we were just walking around and a float went past, followed by people. Uh, a band was singing and it was kind of a call and response thing. The band would sing and then everyone following along would sing. And the idea is that it's supposed to represent Mary and Joseph looking for accommodation before finding the stable in Bethlehem. 
Yeah, so they do this uh, for the seven days leading up to Christmas. And even in this small little township that we're in at the moment outside of the centre, I saw about 40 people the other day wandering around and doing their local posada. So it's something that's not only kind of a big event, it's more like dozens and dozens of small events happening in every neighbourhood. Here's a bit of music from one that we ran into the other day. There's all sorts of specific local events that you can get into when you're traveling over Christmas. But there's something about the rhythm of life, something about ritual and something about the end of the year that makes tradition really special. So how can you create traditions that you can take with you? Well, there are lots of things you can do. I mean, a lot of families have traditions that they follow at the end of the year, and a lot of those are portable. We've actually stolen one from, uh, from Spain, which is eating 12 grapes at midnight. So in Spain, for New Year's at midnight, everyone has 12 grapes. And as the 12 chimes ring, everyone eats one grape at a time and makes a wish. So we've decided to appropriate this, and we've done it for the last three or four years. Yeah, it's neat. Uh, One that we haven't picked up is buying red underwear for Christmas and then wearing that at New Year's. But that's another great Spanish tradition. Um, Linda's got a habit of making some kind of baking uh, at Christmas. Yeah, you going to do that this year? I don't know. I might do, but our little oven is a little bit small. If I can find <laughs> some dates, I might make date balls. But uh, you could also make decorations, like make a little Christmas tree to, to put up on your wall in your hotel or hostel. That could make it quite nice. Yeah, we have found we don't really do anything for Christmas except for calling family and catching up with them. And we try and eat and drink a little bit too much. Well, I do anyway. Yeah, yeah. We definitely have a glass of wine, that's for sure. (laughs) Or two. Glass. Three. Bottle. So, yeah, so for us, New Year's feels much more like our event or our time where we have our traditions and Christmas does. So we always kind of get to the day and start looking around for inspiration from other people. Some of the things that I quite like are repeatedly watching a movie. My vote is for Die Hard. I think that's you want the to perfect make, Christmas movie. You want yeah. to make that our new tradition. I've seen that on Facebook that a lot of people are doing that this year. I would personally vote for Love Actually, which I think is a much nicer movie. <laughs> but that's okay. We can discuss this next year, perhaps. One thing we do do, almost without fail, between Christmas and New Year, or sometimes just starting the New Year, is we sit down together and review the year that's been. Because my memory's so bad, it's often Linda telling me what we did, and uh, that's really helpful. So we look at the highlights and the lowlights. We look at where we've been, what we've done, what we've eaten, who we've spent time with. And, yeah, we just kind of talk about the year and, and think about it. This can be done by yourself. I mean, a lot of people are writing blog posts about this. You can do it with your partner like we do, or even just with whoever you're with. I mean they might be willing to to share their year with you and you can learn a lot about them. Yeah, it's nice for us to kind of revise and look at what we've experienced and kind of reevaluate that. Mm -hmm. That kind of gives us strength and focus for the next year. So that's a really nice thing to do at the end of the year and it's something we've tied into our Christmas and New Year's. If you have any traditions that you do at Christmas, New Year's or some other holiday, let us know. Send us an email at mail at indietravelpodcast.com. Uh, Amanda Kendall chimed up on Facebook when we asked this question earlier in the week, and uh, she said, my tip is to treat yourself. When I lived in Japan, I was quite sad at the thought of having to work on Christmas Day, as it's not a holiday there. 
So my boyfriend and I hatched a plan. We hadn't eaten pizza in a year because it was crazy expensive. So after work on Christmas Day, I challenged myself to order pizza to be delivered to our tiny flat. I was proud when the pizza turned up and was even the right pizza. It was delicious in a weird Japanese pizza kind of way. And best of all, the delivery guy was wearing a Santa hat. So it did feel vaguely Christmassy after all. Yeah, I think treating yourself is a really nice way to celebrate Christmas when you're traveling. A fourth point for celebrating Christmas while traveling is to make friends. Yeah, there are three ways to do this. You can either get your friends to come to you, travel to where your friends are, or just make some temporary friends or new friends. Our first Christmas away back in 2006, we had our friends come to us. Yeah, it was brilliant. So our best friends, Janine and Ange, flew over from New Zealand. We met up in England, and then we went to Prague for Christmas. And it was magical. It, it didn't snow on Christmas Day, but I think it was the 27th. It snowed, and we made a snowman. We went out for a really nice Christmas lunch at a Gollum restaurant, and it was magical. Yeah, it was a fantastic time, and it was the perfect break from reality that travel kind of kicked off. Because for us, Christmas is a barbecue, then the beach. You're playing with your new toys, which include water pistols and, you know, out, and slide. Out, outdoor water-based, beach-based toys. So to do our first Christmas overseas in the freezing cold with the Prague Christmas markets was just fantastic. Yeah, it was great. And then after that, we went to Edinburgh to celebrate Hogmanay. Unfortunately, the celebrations were cancelled because the weather was so bad, but we still had a good time because we were with friends. That's a very Scottish New Year. Yeah, we figured it was cultural. You can also travel to wherever your friends are. We've made jumps all over the place to be with people that we've wanted to spend time with at Christmas, uh, including going to Perth, going to Adelaide, going up to Rostock in the north of Germany. Yeah, and this year as well, we decided to come here to San Miguel because our friends Pete and Daylene were planning to be here, and we decided that we'd spend Christmas together. Yeah, we're going to have a Christmas Eve lunch with them here at our place today, and then we're going to their place for Christmas dinner tomorrow, so it should be really nice. You can also make temporary friends. As we said earlier, we made friends with the people on our tour when we were in Morocco and shared a lovely glass of wine and a nice time with them. We also went outside after our Christmas dinner, and there were a couple of local guys drumming. We were looking up at the stars. It was just quite special. Yeah, we all had a go at drumming. Here's some audio from that night. Not so much Little Drummer Boy, eh? <laughs> we also had a really good time in Jerez. We were couch surfing when we first arrived in Jerez, and we became really good friends with our hosts. So although we later moved out and got our own flat, they invited us around for Christmas, and then their friends invited us around for New Year's and later Three Kings Day. So we had a really amazing Christmas with our new friends. Now, I'm not one of these people that is really good at staying in touch with people while I travel. In fact, if we're not in the same room, there's a good chance you won't hear from me for years at a time. But Christmas Day is the one time that I make sure I uh, hit my hit list of family phone calls and close friends. Yeah, we always make sure to call my dad, my mum, your dad, your mum, brothers and sisters, everyone at Christmas. And then another tradition we have is that we often call our friends in New Zealand at midnight on, on New Year's Day. So they're quite often all together, so it might just mean one call or two or three calls. So because New Zealand is ahead of time, then it's usually the afternoon the day before for us. Although I just did the maths this morning. It's going to be 5 a.m. on New Year's Eve. 
to uh, to call New Zealand at midnight. So I'm not sure if that's going to happen this year. No, not too sure about that at all. In fact, I am sure about that. That's not going to happen. Oh, that's a bit sad. It is one of our traditions. There are other ways you can be in touch at this time of year. You can write a blog post, send emails. Our friend Sherry makes a video every year that recaps what she's been doing throughout the year. And I think that's a really nice idea. Well, that brings us to the end of this show. It's been great. I'm looking forward to doing Christmas and New Year now. I wasn't up until this point, <laughs> but having finished recording, I'm pretty excited. Yeah, we need to go out, buy some things for Christmas Eve lunch and uh, also for Christmas dinner tomorrow. Piñata, piñata. Yes, piñata. you need to find your piñata. That's our task for today. Smooth. I also better send uh, family Christmas cards because, <laughs> you know, it's the 24th. Okay, I've got a plan for this. We can say that because in Spanish-speaking countries they often celebrate Three Kings Day as the main day to mm-hmm. give presents and things, that's January the 6th. You should okay. get there before then. Hopefully, hopefully. So that's us. We'll be here through New Year, and then we're heading over to Guadalajara and Panama in the New Year. So have a great time, whether you're listening to this over Christmas, over New Year, or when you get back to work. Have a good one, and I guess we'll see you on the other side. Yeah, so that's us for this week. Until next time, Merry Christmas and Happy New Year.